Good morning, Elsie and Sarah. Hey, Good morning. morning. I have my headphones on. I can hear everybody this morning. <laughs> yeah. We're already off to a better start than two weeks ago. <laughs> so how was everybody's week? Great. That's good. What about you, Elsie? Well, let's see. I lost a crown on the plane home, and I spent the past few days sick, but it was all worth it because we were in St. Croix, and it was amazing. It was a beautiful wedding. In case any of our listeners missed it, our friend TC got hitched last week, and uh, she is now TC. She's <laughs> a little bit more okay. Just a little more okay. That's right. How's <laughs> your week, Murph? Um, my week was really great. I also got to go to St. Croix, obviously. Maybe it's not obvious, but I did. And I got to swim with sharks on Monday. And I had a our first ever pickle party with a cup with a few of my friends yesterday. I saw that on Facebook. That looked like fun. In case you're wondering, I am so fucking thirsty still. I mean, we had <laughs> everything pickled. Everything. Are you pickled now? I am pickled. I I woke up all night long to drink water and I don't I don't do that. That's crazy. I wonder how much salt you consumed. Man, I just ignorance is bliss. That's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> so wait, there were sharks on Monday? Yeah, there were sharks, Sarah. <laughs> Glad I missed that. Yeah, there were about six, there could have been seven reef sharks. At any one time, black tip reef sharks. At any one time, I saw four together and then um, a couple of stragglers. So that got my heart, that got my heart pumping a little bit, seeing four sharks together. That's pretty cool. They're a little bit on the smaller side, aren't they? Like about four feet? They four. are. Yeah, they are. They're small sharks. small sharks. What was that, Sarah? Sorry. There's no such, there's no such thing as a small shark. <laughs> I mean, they were just little baby sharks. And when they're a fork, then you can't even just outswim your friend. Yeah, that's what Megan said. I, I told Mark, I was like, yeah, we're, we're bigger than they were. And Megan goes, but there were more of them. So she was right about that. I don't think we're on the menu when they're that small. Yeah, I don't think so either. She thinks they were looking for turtles. Oh, no. I know. So we, fat, we did find a hawksbill turtle on that dive as well. And she swam down and got a couple of pictures, but we didn't hang out too long because we didn't want to alert the sharks to her location. Oh, that's cool. You saw a hawksbill? Yeah. We saw a green when we were snorkeling. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Megan said there aren't a ton of hawksbill, that they are there, but they don't see them that often. They're, they usually see the greens. But yeah, we got to see a hawksbill. Cool. Are you going to talk about what you did? Uh, yeah, I went, I almost said skydiving and that would be, have been such a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I went ziplining. I faced one of my fears, my fear of heights, and I went ziplining. 
I am so proud of you. You did awesome. Thank you. Was it fun? Oh my God, Sarah, it was a friggin' blast. I highly recommend it to everyone. Okay. They were super professional and it felt like sitting in a big swing. It was awesome. Yeah, I felt, I never ever felt unsafe. So yeah, well, 10 out of 10. They had to catch us at the end, but you know, I just closed my eyes and I hope they didn't go off the edge. I was more, yeah, I was worried about their safety at that point, not mine. Yeah. They should have been. Yeah, they should have been. They were supposed to be. They told it, they assured us that they were. It's like the very first thing they said, we're tied in so we can't fall off. Well, you weren't when you were catching my big ass coming in at 40 miles per hour. It was incredible. It was beautiful. And now that you've announced it, I'm going to post it on the Facebooks. Sweet. Yes, <laughs> do it. And the Instas. Yes. All right. Are you guys ready to get started? Heck yeah. Very ready. Did I say something wrong? I know, did I lose everybody? <laughs> Mer? Oh, you guys, I muted myself like a moron. <laughs> I mean, seriously, one of these days I'm gonna be able to <laughs> I'm gonna be able to get through one of these shows without doing anything ridiculous like that. I hope that never happens. I know. I I muted so I could clear my throat, and then I started talking, and all of a sudden I hear, "Did I lose everyone? What's going? Did I say something wrong?" I was like, "What the hell?" All right, all right. Let's try this again. I picked this next story because of our love of the outdoors, and um, it kind of reminded me of Jesse Krebs a little bit. But this guy, his name is Casey Ryan. He is a photographer in Oregon and he likes to he likes to photograph um the, the mountains so he's out hiking it was an icy it was a little icy but he said that there were cars coming off the mountain so he figured oh it's you know there are people up there it's probably pretty safe well this guy gets himself stuck in a snow drift Ooh. and he doesn't have any cell phone service it's in the I guess it's pretty deep in the mountains but he did have a drone with him and LC, you, you will also appreciate yes. this. Yeah. So you, I don't know what your drones are like, but in this, in this story, it says that his drone wasn't really built to handle bulky items, but what he had to lose at that point, he couldn't get a hold of anyone. Anyway, he attaches his phone. I guess you have your phone to lose and the drone and ugh, maybe that was his <laughs> last chance. But anyway, he took a chance. He MacGyvered this phone to his drone and then he, you know, sent a text to his wife, an SOS text. And then he set this thing sailing up above the tree line where the phone was able to find a signal and send the text message. So his wife was able to alert authorities and they rescued him the next morning. That is incredible. Yeah, most drones are only a couple pounds. They don't weigh a whole lot. And if you think about it, they're designed to hold themselves. So that's like it could have thrown off everything putting a phone on there. Yep. He got so lucky. Yeah, he sure did. So that's uh, good for you. Good job, Casey. I'm glad you saved yourself. <laughs> 
Yeah. Very cool. All right. This next story is close to my heart. It's about technology. All right. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. B-J-O-R-N-S-G-A-A-R-D. Bjornsgaard? Sure. All right. So Mark Bjornsgaard, he is the founder of a startup called Deep Green. And Deep Green is a data center. They say it's about the size of a refrigerator. Um, But it charges a fee to its clients to use its computing power for things like AI and machine learning. But I don't know how familiar you guys are with um, with data centers, but they produce a shit ton of heat. Like Liam, when I worked for when I worked for my buddy Liam, we built a data center, and the majority of the cost for this data center went into cooling the data center. It's very expensive. So this guy has figured out a way to transfer that heat that's produced into a mineral oil. And then he sells this mineral oil at a very reduced rate to swimming pools in the UK. I guess that's where he's from. He's in um, Devon, England, I guess. The The one company that they interviewed was the Exmouth Leisure Center in Devon. And it's very expensive with all the rising utility costs for them to keep their pools heated. But this guy is able to save them just a ton of money by basically handing them the excess heat from his data center. That's How really cool, cool is that? Of course, now I'm picturing a refrigerator in the bottom of the pool. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not how they do it. Now, I actually, I read this story several ch- times trying to figure that out and I couldn't really figure out how they're doing it. I, I don't know if, um, well, it says it's transferring the heat to a mineral oil. Uh, maybe I, that that's, and that's, used to, as fuel to heat the pools. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. All right. Now I'm, pay- now More... I'm pushing everyone swimming in mineral oil. No, it's just got to be the way that they um, heat the water, like the hot water heater to send the hot water back into the pool is my guess. Well, I'd say that that's very cool, but apparently it's very hot. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, teach in a pool at the YMCA and when they have swim beats, they turn the they turn the heat off because those poor swimmers would just overheat if they had to swim in a hot pool, right? But divers are pretty inactive, if we're being honest, and we um, we we need some heated water. So the last time we one of the last times I dove, they had a swim meet right before we got in, and it was freezing all night. So I really appreciate this story. Really I did, I did find the one jet that was. Well, I'm sure there was more than one, but on the way out, there was a jet pushing out hot water, and I was like, "Oh, this is lovely." <laughs> Sit here all night. All right, and Sarah, this is one for you, girl. All right, I'm all ears. All right, there's a team of engineers from the University of New South Wales in Sydney. They have developed a three-in-one tool that can also 3D print living cells inside of the human body in real time. What? Yes. So the three in one tool, I love that it's, 
they call it a three-in-one tool. All right, it's a water jet, a scalpel, and an endoscopic camera, but it will also 3D print. It uses this stuff that they call bio ink to print. Um, it, it can form natural tissue-like structures in the body, like right onto the organs that the surgeons are working on. So when they punch a hole in a vein, we can just 3D print some, some uh, vein tissue and patch it right there. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So do your, does your hospital use any kind of 3D, like bio printing for 3, 3D bio nope. printing? Nope. Well, apparently it can be done, but the organ has to be removed from the body. But okay. this technology will allow surgeons to to uh, print the material right inside the body. That's pretty cool. Making the procedure less invasive, I guess. Yeah, that way, because you have to have a pretty big incision to take the liver out. But if yeah. Can, if you can just 3D print right there. Yeah, and that's what they, they tested it on pig livers. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Wow. I know the things that we are doing. I think I read an article. Oh, it's just a headline. Sometimes I just read headlines. <laughs> but it said that we were on track to be um, immortal in like the next 11 years. So I, I see that Bill's listening. I'm sure he's already immortal, though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, I switched my coffee out for tea this morning. Don't worry, it's highly caffeinated tea. And it was a good choice. I'm really happy I did that. Good job. I'm All not right. up enough yet for coffee or tea. Hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm up, girl. All right, my next story is about a feral cat named Chrissy. And Chrissy lives on a farm in Tobaccoville, North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina. Not North Carolina, no. That's not one of our states. <laughs> she recently gave birth to a litter of kittens. Now, the owner of the farm didn't even know Chrissy was pregnant. Chrissy will not let this woman touch her. She's a feral cat. And I guess cats tend to move their litters around pretty often. But anyway, she moved her kittens into this rabbit hutch where a bunny named Amy had just had babies. So the owner of the farm was a little like, eh, this is scary. But Chrissy wouldn't let her touch her to move her out. And she also noticed that Amy's baby bunnies were nursing on Chrissy. So this feral cat is nannying for this mommy bunny who wasn't, she wasn't feeding her babies. So we don't know, like, maybe she wasn't making enough milk or whatever. Maybe she had postpartum depression. Poor Amy. I don't know. But this cat is helping raise this little bunny's babies. Oh, really sweet. So sweet. That mommy and bunny is like, oh, cool. I know. Thank She's you. like, oh, I got a break. Thank God. And don't we all wish we had a little Chrissy in our lives when we had babies? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, she, there's a really cute video in this link that I'll put up in the description. There's a really cute video of Chrissy um, like putting her paw on the head of one of the baby bunnies and just kind of scooching it closer. Mm. She's a really sweet mom, <laughs> even though she won't let what's her face touch her. All right. So we have next on the agenda, ladies, 
three stories about three heroes, and they're all pretty similar. So the first one is about a man in China. He was just driving down the road and he sees a toddler who had fallen out of a building and like landed on some ledge on a building. He's up there like crying. It's pretty hysterical because his next option is probably death or lots of injury. This guy parks his car, scales up the wall like Spider-Man and somebody from a window upstairs, like lowered a rope. This guy attaches the rope to the child and the other guy hoisted him up and saved his kid's life. Nice. Hopped in his car and left. Nobody even knows who he is. Wow. I mean, they might now. Um, I mean, obviously it's Peter Parker. Duh. Duh. But nobody knows because our memory has been erased of Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. Oh, conspiracy theory. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you not watch the latest uh, Spider-Man? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we, we don't know who Spider-Man is anymore. Hmm. Peter Parker. What Ooh. Elsie meant to say was, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, then... Then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Right. All right. Our next hero comes to us from Minneapolis. He is a bus driver of the metro system up there. And it was, I don't know if it was a blizzard. It was definitely a snowstorm. And he sees this nine-year-old kid with a backpack on trying to get into cars. And he's like, there's no school today. I know that. So he pulls over, goes over to talk to this kid. The kid's autistic and he's nonverbal. But he was able to work with him, get him on the bus, and they he called um, dispatch or whatever. They I guess they have the Metro dispatch has like a direct communication link with the police dispatch in the area. So anyway, this kid had been missing from another neighborhood. He had wandered like 15 miles away from his house. He was just got away from his caregiver and um they had been looking for him all morning and this bus driver found him and probably saved him. I mean, he did, he was not dressed for the weather. So they, uh, they said that the, the drivers in that area received training on how to work with disabled people, including people with autism. So looks like it paid off. Wow. And our very last hero that we're talking about for the week, he is an Amazon driver who found the sweetest old lady wandering around and he found her um, granddaughter's phone number and name on a medical alert ID bracelet, was able to call this woman and delivered grandma back to her home safely. Oh, good job. Yeah, good job, Amazon. Yeah. If we can find this guy's name. So, do you guys know what March nineteenth is? Today. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so the Amazon driver, his name is Wilmer, and Gigi is grandma. So, good job, Wilmer, getting Gigi home. Um, it is National Let's Laugh Day. 
Yes. <laughs> so I, of course, found a, just a few, just a few superhero jokes. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yep. If I could be any superhero, I think I'd be aluminum man. And my superpower would be foiling crime. <laughs> Wait, is that aluminium? Aluminium guy. <laughs> <sighs> What's Spider Man's favorite month? Who? Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect, Sarah. Webruary. Oh my god! Say that three times fast. I know. I know. I I need to get work on getting sound effects into this live show so that I can be like hit a button and it goes (laughs) or wah wah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I went to the DVD rental store and I asked if I could have Batman Forever. The guy said no, just twenty four hours like the others. (laughs) (laughs) What's a DVD rental store? I know. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, LC, yeah. did you find any trivia this month or this week? This month, it's been that long since we've done one. I did. All right. What's your What's your trivia about? Well, Friday was St. Patty's Day. You were uh, You were talking all about superheroes and innovative thinkers. Let's talk about uh, the national drinking holiday. <laughs> all right, let's do it. It's totally switching gears. Uh, So I got this off of today.com, and it is the 50 best St. Patty's Day trivia. So first question, what's the symbol for gold on the periodic table of elements? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say P-O for pot O. Pot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> it is A U. Oh. Damn it. I should have said it. Is that oh. what you were thinking, Sarah? Why didn't you well, just say then, it? Then I was worried about because silver, I think, is A G or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. I mean, we have a doctor in the house. You should, do you know the entire periodic table? Do you have to okay. know that to be a doctor? I used to. Well, you, here's to be clear, you do not need to know that to be a doctor, but uh, you had to know it to pass chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> Which you needed to do in order to be a doctor. Yeah. True. But you could always whip the damn periodic table out of your back pocket. So it's silly to have to be tested on stuff that you could whip out of your back pocket. Yeah. I think that, I think some, most classrooms are moving away from that memorization bullshit i think or at least in the higher ed space i always remember it because like you want gold and then if you got silver instead of gold it's like oh gee <laughs> <laughs> all right according to folklore what's a leprechaun's occupation hmm. an annoying little man <laughs> i'm gonna guess cobbler I don't exactly know what that is, but you might be right. Is that a shoemaker? Yes, it is. Woo! Good job. Yes. Thank you. Mm. Suck it. <laughs> is it a cobbler a pie? <laughs> <laughs> or am I just hungry? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does sound good. My tea is a peach flavored peach and passion fruit. It's really good. What 1959 children's movie shaped modern day images of leprechauns? 1959? Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's 20 years before I was born. Please shut up. <laughs> it was before you were born, too. Just not 20 years. It's more like 30, I think, right? Exactly. Um, I have no idea. I don't even have any kind of an answer. I can't even, like, make one up. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Never heard of it. <gasps> All right. Same. Wow. What cheerful Irish greeting is often associated with St. Patrick's Day? Top of the morning to ya. <laughs> yep. Oh, I thought it was hand me another drink. <laughs> Where's my kegs and eggs? Another drink in the morning? Man. <laughs> what do the three leaves of the shamrock represent according to Irish tradition? Hmm. Stumped. All right, I'm going to guess love, luck, and fortune. That's a good guess. According to Irish tradition, it is the Holy Trinity. Oh, that makes more sense than what I said. So close. They're pretty religious. So close. They're, pretty, they're pretty Catholic people. Yeah. On average, how much money do consumers spend on St. Patrick's Day? Well, I know Chuck spent $270 on St. Patrick's Day goodies. And that was before he started drinking. Wow. <laughs> that was just the stuff he ordered online. Um, I'm going to guess, you know what, Chuck, you've inspired me. I'm going to go with. $270. The answer, and this seems really low, $42.33. That's closer to what I would spend on St. Patrick's Day. But yeah, that does seem really low. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah. Well, yeah, when was when was that question written? <laughs> um, I think this was in, uh, let's see what year. It was from last year. So, I mean, prices have gone up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's not that far off, though. Yeah, but uh, 42 bucks, that does seem cheap. I, I think that it depends on what bar you go to. But most places probably do have specials. Mm -hmm. I, I took off work one year to participate in St. Patrick's Day, and that was March 17th, 2020. I had zero St. Patrick's Day that year. Yeah, I think a St. Patrick's Day um, party was when Bill um, had to download Uber while drunk so that we could get home. <laughs> <laughs> a great job, though. Good job, Bill. Putting his credit card information in there, ordering that first Uber ever. Yeah, that that was a lot of work when you were drinking all day. Okay. Good job, Bill. The first known St. Patty's Day parade occurred in Ireland. True or false? I'm going to say false. 
that is in fact false. Sorry. Oh wait, I should have asked for Sarah's opinion first. Uh, <laughs> All right, it actually took place in St. Augustine, Florida. I'm not surprised that it happened in the United States because we bastardize everything. <laughs> what year did the first known St. Patty's Day celebration happen? See, this feels like a '70s thing, like a like a drug fueled love fest. So I'm gonna go with the seven, 1973. No idea. 1600s. What? Yeah. Wow, that's so long ago. I know you'd be a little bit closer with this one though, Mur. Which U.S. city was the first to die a River Green in honor of St. Patty's Day and in what year? I think I know this answer. Sarah, do you know the answer? Cleveland, I think, wasn't it? Oh, Chicago. I was going to say Chicago. Was in fact Chicago. Chicago, but what year? Uh, 1973. (laughs) (laughs) 1962. I was real close. All right, last one in honor of our DNA episode. As of 19, wow, no. As of 2019, what percentage of U.S. residents claim to have Irish ancestry? 100%. (laughs) on St. Patty's Day, yeah. Uh, 42%. The answer is 9.2% or 30.4 million. Wow. That's much smaller than I thought. Mm -hmm. Was uh, President Obama, was he one of them? (laughs) Probably. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you. I, I'm just uh, here with Sara because when I'm on, I can't talk. <laughs> but I have a question about your very first positivity pop-up. All right. Your, your very first uh, uh, news story. Okay. Are we, are we certain that cat wasn't just raising food for later? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> no, I think the cat, it wasn't the first story. I was like, the, the cat and the drone don't th- what no. But no the first one i heard it was the, was the cat <laughs> raising raising bunnies to eat later no not to eat later that's not very positive or maybe it is i don't know positive for the cat i mean <laughs> circle of life i guess <laughs> all right we will leave you guys this week with a reminder that march is women's history month so check out, um, there's a website we'll put in the description, womenhistory.org. You can read articles about women who have, are making history right now and read biographies of pioneer, female pioneers like Amelia Earhart and Josephine Baker. Josephine Baker was a world-renowned performer, a World War II spy, and an activist, just to name a few things. So I'm interested in reading more about her. I also have found a link to, hold on one second. All right. I found a link to a, an article about a woman named Zan Dial. This name I'm really going to screw up. It's N-D-H-L-O-V as in Victor U. 
not, I'm not even going to try. Um, Delovu. All right. I tried. She became a diver um, and fell in love with the water. She's always had a love for the water, um, but she is now the first South African Black African freediver. And she started an organization called the Black Mermaid Foundation, where they, um, it says on their website that they work to create access to ocean spaces through snorkel excursions, recognizing that proximity does not equate access. And they help little girls of color fall in love with the ocean and become the ocean guardian. So that's a really cool work that she's doing. That's really that's cool. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us last minute. Oh, thank you. And everybody have a wonderful week. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you guys tomorrow with our playlist episode. <laughs> All right. Until then, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. See ya. Bye. Bye.